Hello, and welcome to Listed, a Forbes podcast about people, money, and power. I'm your co-host, Abe Brown. I'm the other co-host, Maggie McGrath. And today, we're going to talk about the top-earning YouTube stars. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Maggie, today we're going to talk about the stars of the small screen, the stars of YouTube. Indeed we are. These people are interesting to me because, honestly, unless... I would not know any of them if we didn't do this series. I have come to watch more YouTube clips than I care to admit, uh, having edited this list in print a few times. And, yeah, pranks, pratfalls... It's everything and everything. It's weird. It's silly. It's dumb. It's it's funny. It's little kids. It is it is a smorgasbord of content. The list or YouTube in general? Uh, both. All right, Abe, I want to ask you something that you asked me a few weeks ago, and I've been thinking about ever since. Okay. What video have you watched the most on YouTube? This is a video that came out of a marathon high school study session. We played it on loop, and I think Reva has it queued up for us right now. And so this is, a, this is a Bollywood this is a Bollywood song. It comes out of a very famous Bollywood blockbuster. I could bother to say the title, but given the way you're dancing over there, it suggests to me that you've seen this before. I've actually just heard this song. I was in northern India for a wedding a few weeks ago, and this came on. And they also had a, a, a screen behind the DJ booth, and music videos were playing. So I learned some Punjabi dance moves, and definitely dance to this say shava shava okay we don't we don't need to sing we we really need to leave the singing to to bollywood um i have also a musical uh youtube clip that i have seen the most i actually don't know that i've seen it more than any other thing on youtube i think i'm most likely to use youtube to watch choreography Mm -hmm. across you know dance class or so you think you can dance or what have you but my most watched clip comes from also like college study sessions and getting distracted. <laughs> and there's YouTube, this, a great way to distract yourself. It really is. There's this rant about Pachelbel's canon in D. Basically, there's this rant, and I'm just going to let the video speak for itself. Okay. I hate Pachelbel's canon in D with a passion. I hate it so much because the cello part is the worst cello part ever written in the history of cello parts. It's eight quarter notes that we repeated over and over again. They are as follows. D... F sharp, G, D, G, A. We kicked it off at the rant part, but he starts to go into all the popular songs that share chords with Pachelbel Cannons okay. in D, and it turns into this like massive song mashup. As we go on, we'll remember. So on the drive home, I turned on some classic rock, some Aerosmith. There was a time when I was so broken I was trying to look for the date on this. I mean, this I this has to go back to like 2007, 2006. Production values have changed a lot on YouTube and also my comedic taste has changed a lot. <laughs> that being said, I just remember I thought this was really clever and you know, when you're studying, when you're procrastinating, I think anything is funny. I think it is. I think it's indicative of what has worked well on YouTube, which is personal. It is a little non-professional. It is 
vaguely funny to some people and it is anything and everything and it is just embracing who you are and putting it out there onto the internet and hoping to catch on somewhere. And the 10 people who cracked our top earning YouTube stars list have definitely resonated. They've definitely caught on. Yes. They've definitely caught on. And here to tell us more is our resident entertainment reporter. She interrupts my lunch on a daily basis. And if she had a YouTube channel, I'd be her first subscriber. It's Maddie Berg. Welcome to the studio, Maddie. Thank you. And thank you. Maybe I will start a channel. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? Um. Oh, Oh, on the spot. Um, I, I don't know. I can't. Madcap Maddie. Madcap Maddie. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Some people call me on the streets. Oh, my. You must have a different experience on the streets than we do. <laughs> <laughs> but what we want to talk to you about are the already established stars of the, of the YouTube verse. Tell us a little bit about the list. How does it come together and who is on it? So um, every year, this has been a list I've been doing for, this is the fifth iteration. And basically, there are many ways YouTubers make money. Um, We try to look at all of them. That's ad revenue, sponsored content, deals on TV and film, kind of more traditional media deals. And then we take a look at all those. We analyze some numbers, crunch it out, and then we have a list of 10. And normally those 10 are kind of split. And we've seen this trend even increase this year between little kids people who talk to little kids or people who act like little kids. (laughs) So it's kind of um, the juvenile thrives on YouTube. Just to take a step back, I don't think I'm as immersed into the world of YouTube as as you are. So when there's so much content on YouTube, you're obviously not looking at SNL and established comedians to see how much they're earning from YouTube. You're looking for people who are single platform only putting entertainment on YouTube and not anywhere else? Kind of. So basically their biggest revenue stream has to be YouTube. Okay. So if you look at somebody like mm, Selena Gomez, right? She has a very popular YouTube page. She People watch her videos. People um, ads roll out in front of her videos. She might do some live things, but that's not how she's making money. She's making money through streams of her music and through uh, concert sales. So really, we look at people, we kind of, that's kind of um, how we decide that who's on what list. For example, even gamers who are very popular on YouTube might be making more money from Twitch or from playing tournaments. They're not going to be on our list. It has to be a YouTube first person. Oh, that's so interesting. And that probably explains why I didn't recognize a single name on this year's top earning YouTube list. You wouldn't unless you are, again, a child or very into gaming and games. So you've been doing this list for five years. How has it changed over the years? Because I went back and looked at that first list, and it I did recognize some names, but almost more because some of those early YouTubers have gone way more mainstream, and some even have their own shows on traditional television. Exactly. So someone like Lily Singh was on our first list, I believe, and she now has a late night show on NBC. So there are kind of, there are YouTubers whose goals are to kind of become more mainstream. And Lily Singh would say, I'm a YouTuber still, I'm a YouTuber. Um, But she really does want to become mainstream. There are the holdovers from our first list who are on this year's list or who maybe were on our second year, 2016, and they're still on YouTube's list. Those are the people that really don't want to become actors and actresses. They don't want to become hosts. So Felix Yelberg, PewDiePie, for example, he is number seven. He's tied on this year's list. Um, He was number one on our first list. He's fallen a lot due to controversies. He is dabbled in white supremacy and neo-Nazism. Dabbled. 
Yeah, or at least his fans have kind of promoted him as a symbol for that. Um, but so he's fallen. Obviously, he's not as brand friendly or family friendly, but he is a guy that has never really wanted to, or at least it seems, move on to a more mainstream platform. YouTube is how he started and it's how he's going to stop. Maddie, before we go any further, why don't you give us a very quick rundown of one through 10? Okay. Name, rank, serial number. <laughs> All right, so starting, let's go from 10 to 1, actually. I think it's a little more exciting. Oh, drum roll, please. Um, so starting at number 10 is Vanos Gaming. Um, that's his YouTube name. His real name is Evan Fong. Um, he, like many on this year's list, what they do is they record themselves playing video games with some commentary in the background. So he is known for Grand Theft Auto and Minecraft. Um like many other gamers on the list, he also has a line of clothing. Um, he made $11.5 million. Uh, the next few on our list are Daniel Middleton, Dan TB TDM, as he's known online, Mark Fishbach, Markiplier, and then Felix Yelberg, PewDiePie. Um, all of those guys, including actually number six, Preston Arsamont, known as Preston online, just first name, they've made between uh, 12 and $14 million, and they are also gamers. They play a variety of games. They sell their merch. They might— Merch. Um, Mer yeah, they merch. sell merch. Merch is big. Merch. Um, they may, um, you know, have a live tour where they play video games and talk in front of an audience. Um, some of them, like Preston. Man, we got to do that. I, we're, we're falling behind, Maggie. I, oh, I, oh, I want Maggie, Maggie merch. That, Maggie, that's gonna, Maggie, Maggie merch. merch. I'll do merch, but maybe not a live tour. <laughs> so someone like Preston, actually, who has $14 million, he's making a ton of money not only playing the games, but he's hosting the games on, on what's called a Minecraft server. Um, it's video game stuff. I can't go that <laughs> deep into it. I know people pay him to play on his server. Um, it's another world. Yes, it, it's... Literally, I think the, it's yeah, a different world. The video game stuff is, I think, hardest for me to understand. Um, if you get to the top five of the list, that's where they kind of get a little more varied and fun. Uh, you have Jeffree Star. He is a makeup personality. He started on MySpace, actually, as a singer, moved to YouTube for makeup tutorials. He's kind of a little bit more mainstream just in terms of, you may have heard of him. Um, he uh, has a very popular makeup line that sells um, eight figures a year. Um, and yeah, he's kind of just a celebrity now. I think he lives in the same neighborhood as the Kardashians. He has a pink car. He is fun and very crazy. tattooed yes very tattooed um then number four is Rhett and Link. Uh, they made 17 and a half million dollars this year they're an interesting pair they have um they're adults um they're by far the oldest people on this adults list. in quotes yeah um they have been doing YouTube for years for um since it started and they have a daily show they have it's called good mythical morning it's a little bit like a talk show um they also do food pranks like let's try hot cheeto flavored pop tarts and things like that oh yeah um, let's just go run <laughs> off and do that and they also recently bought smosh which you may have heard of that was an early youtube pioneer number three is new on this year's list her name is Ooh, I'm going to butcher this. Anastasia Radzinskaya. And she is... Well done, comrade. Thank you. She is a five-year-old. She might be six by the time this podcast comes out. She's born in January. Either way, she's tiny. She's little. And she is a little Russian girl that just smiles and plays and skips and sings and screams. She doesn't talk <laughs> much. There's not much dialogue. She plays with her dad. She plays with her cat. She has channels in... 
Russian, Portuguese, English, um, Mandarin, I believe, Spanish. And I think they're going to start it in Hindi this year. So she is world domination as a little blonde six-year-old. Well, she's interesting, if I can interject, because she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and her doctor, her doctors were apparently afraid she would never speak. So the whole YouTube channel started with her just doing like regular activities. So it kind of started from this health place and now it's turned into this like entertainment thing. Yes, I, I would... I would say it seems they play up the health bit and the PR a little bit. Um, I think that it started as a way for her family and friends to, it wasn't, you know, part of a therapy or anything. It was a way for her family and friends across the world to kind of see how she was doing. Um, She ended up lighting up in front of the camera. It was really good for her development. And from there, she's... Oh, yes. I hear putting a camera in front of a small child. It's always great for their their development. (laughs) (laughs) It is at least good Um, for her speech development. Just ask Shirley Temple. Everything always works out okay. (laughs) And Judy Garland. Everything will be fine. Um, and Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan. We have a oh wow, we, we went from different generations. <laughs> um, so basically, she, you know, started doing it. She start slowly gained a following in Russia, and once she had that following in Russia, they it, it blew up, and she came to America. She got an agent. They started making films in other languages. They started to attack analytics to the works started sabotaging our elections yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not blame that on yeah. little nastia yes yeah. so so she's really popular then we move on to number two dude perfect that is three dudes and a panda um or it's four dudes and a panda sorry um also sometimes five dudes and they yeah, are so, so many dudes all the playing dudes. sports they're performing stunts they're trying to break in his book of world records it's kind of like if you could go back in time and live out any like fifth grade boys dreams that's exactly what they're doing <laughs> um, um it, it's definitely an audience and you can see who you can kind of assume who's watching that stuff um either large man boys or actual boys yeah it's my friends who have sent these clips around on our group thread <laughs> exactly the number one is Ryan Kaji, he made $26 million this year. He is, this is his, I think, third year on the list. And he is just a little superstar. He's eight now. Um, and his channel started with what's called unboxing. It might be the most popular kind of kid content. Basically, you're a little kid, and you unwrap a box, and you play <laughs> with the toy. I mean, it's really, really specific. It's normally a quite a cute kid. Um, the toys are exciting and new. They exclaim, they play with them, they laugh. Um, they all, there also are unboxing videos for adults where you unbox iPhones and computers and I don't know, adult toys, but, um, it's really, really popular with kids and, and they, the parents like Anastasia noticed it, they rolled with it and, um, he is now, doing science experiments on his channel, playing with his family. He wants to be a gamer when he grows up. Um, And he has a line of over 100 products uh, sold at Walmart, Amazon, Target. He has a Nickelodeon series. He is the face of Oral-B, the toothbrush company for children. So he has really kind of done, or his parents have positioned him to be very, very rich off of YouTube. We've been talking a lot about these stars. We've got some videos queued up now. We're going to watch them. We're going to tell you about them. Are you ready, Mads? Should we go to the videos? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. 
Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a cute little playhouse. This is this is Ryan, and he he's he's in a little. Oh wow, he's zooming around in a Volkswagen bus. It's a it's a fire truck. No, that's a, that's a Volkswagen bus. No, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a Volkswagen bus. A huge playhouse built of Legos. And he's inside, and he's... Oh, he broke something. Oh, nope, maybe... Oh, building, playing. Oh, okay. I, I, I get it. Yeah. He's super cute. Uh, you hear the mom in the background. I hear mom. I get it. I don't. Super cute. He's just like, it's Legos. Anyone who has cousins, little kids. I think that the question for me, as well as many parents whose kids are obsessed with this, or really anybody who's not Abe or a seven-year-old, <laughs> is why would you rather play with the Why would you rather watch someone play with the Legos rather than playing with them? Um, I, I, I would have said it was in addition to regular playtime, not in um, in replacement of it. But I don't have any kids, so maybe I'm just wrong. I, I mean, people, kids can sit and watch this for hours and hours. And it, and yes, they might ask their parents to get them whatever toy, Lego. Oh, interesting. But for a lot of kids, Ryan or Nastia end up feeling like a friend. Um, they feel like they're playing with someone, not watching someone play. This is made by kids for kids. So it's, it's speaking to them on maybe a more basic level, but... But it's at least in their language. All right, Max, can you take us to the second video we're going to watch, which is our little little Russian girl, Anastasia, and we'll... Anastasia did move to Florida in the last year, I guess. Uh, she No income taxes, I understand, Anastasia. <laughs> yes. So I would no also like to move to Florida. No income taxes and also... Uh, well, they say nice weather. Disney World. Actually, <sighs> it, no income taxes in Disney World. If I'm a six-year-old... Movie star, I'm or YouTube star, I'm also going to move to Florida. Yeah, I get so it. they the parents love the weather. They quote unquote love the school system. Yeah, look, they're Russian. Of course, yeah. they like warm weather. They probably never seen above thirty five. <laughs> and Let's not stereotype. And their agent is based here, which is agent really, secret agent. No, commercial agent. Um, <laughs> they're they have a lot better access to all of the commercial deals right. that Anastasia. All right, all right so I, this is Nastia. She's wearing a pink tutu, so she has endeared herself to my dancer side. Are we ready for this? Yes, yes. we are. All right, let's 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 learn some Russian. She's climbing into an SUV. What is and she doing? Honking, oh, she's the horn. honking the horn. She's, you know, barely cannot see over the steering wheel, can barely reach it. Maddie, you must have that problem, too. Oh, uh, look, the, the, this is not as... She's not playing with toys as you... She's playing with a car. She's playing, she's with, playing car. with her parents' car. Okay, so this is kind she of... break something. Is her, is this her, is is kind her of, shtick more like a vlog? Yeah, so this is kind of... Hers is more like a vlog, kind of videoing her day-to-day. And okay. this is... um kind of bread and butter Anastasia where you know you see her having fun and playing and then her dad will kind of come in and maybe set some rules and stuff and I think that's one reason parents are a little more okay with watch kids watching her they she try they kind of teach her to be a good kid um you know right now she's throwing a water bottle outside of the car and her dad's about to stop the car I've watched this too many times and tell her not to litter so it's you know it's it's at least a little bit more realistic and um a little bit a little bit less just commercialization and just toys. Oh, it's funny. I was so much more into wa- watching cute little Ryan play with his toys in this, like, attempt. See, I prefer educational television. Educational. I grew up is, on oh, Sesame Street. Lord. That explains so much. <laughs> Are so we wait. sick of this? I mean, she, it looks yeah, like she's going uh, to a store. It's, yeah, it's educational. Yeah. I. It's This is less annoying to me. Can I just point out, this has 138 million views. Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nastia and Ryan, the two of them, they are getting billions and billions of views a year. It's it's 
outrageous. They've gamed the system so that if a little kid is watching, you know, Peppa the Pig or I don't know, Sesame Street, this might show they're they're likely to show up as the next option, which is really, really important. And they're going to be getting a lot of views that way. All right. So this last one is Dude Perfect. And in this one, it's a bubble wrap battle. So I would. You're so pleased. I can see the grin. I love bubble wrap. It's like such a great stress release. Please, I will buy you a roll of it if it would make you less stressed. Will I have it <laughs> delivered to you on a daily basis? Is that really your stress reliever? I did love bubble tap and also the packing peanuts when you were little that you put in the sink and they'd foam. All right. Well, without further ado, <laughs> Let, put let's, it on. let's watch this. It's a bubble wrap battle. They have these, like, what are those called? Those, like, toothpick things that you, like, joust with, usually on a trampoline. Yeah. yeah. I, but they're in a warehouse, uh, yeah. and... It's like, yeah, it's jousting with bubble wrap, right? But they're yeah. not just with bubble wrap, on bubble wrap. They're standing on bubble wrap rolls. Well, yes. They want to be safe. Their parents have told them they need to be safe. They're not wearing helmets. That's no. not very safe. Well, they're just idiots, so it's not surprising. I think this looks fun. I think maybe I've been conditioned... I'll challenge you. I, I would love to hit you with one of these toothpicks. <laughs> it's more like a Q-tip, just for viewers. It's like they're hitting yeah, each other. Yeah, it's a Q-tip. It is a Q-tip. It is a Q-tip. Um, and they're a they're giant huge. Yeah, they're huge. As we've been talking, the dudes have moved on to a scooter race and what are, are they doing? They're wrapping themselves in bubble oh, wrap good, good and then and they're putting bananas on the ground okay, to make I, an I, obstacle okay. course. Maggie, hit it stop. It's stop. We we got Does we gotta get back fun? to the discussion. No. I wanna no. be in this warehouse. Okay, I'll uh, we we I'll arrange it for you when we go back to our desks. Yeah, I mean to me, this looks like terrifying and also terrifying as a parent. But we could do it next time there's a magazine close. Probably be fun, though. Yeah. I mean, anything would be more fun than sitting at our desks during a magazine close. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so some of this d- did look quite fun. As yeah. I just no, I mean, you're not the first person. My editor also, when he was reading up on Dude Perfect, kind of reading my story, he was so excited about it. He was giggling like... Like a little boy, like looking into <laughs> these these fun games and things that they play. But I guess what I know, what I want to know is how hard are they working? Are these like marketing geniuses? Are they entrepreneurial hustlers? Or have they just stumbled ass backwards into this channel? I mean, I think it's a combination, right? Like most of these guys and women and kids are not doing anything too special, right? They're playing video games with commentary. Some of them are actually pretty funny. Some of them are just really crude and kind of would say anything which amuses other people. Um, <laughs> You're horrified. Yeah. I see, see you being horrified I over there. I don't love it. And then others, you know, Jeffree Star, you know, he's a makeup artist. That's a skill. Uh, the kids are kids, right? They're particularly cute and they're particularly not camera shy, but they're not doing anything that special. Um, I so, don't know. You throw a normal kid onto a camera and they just clam up. Nor- I, yeah, yeah, they're not camera shy. But but they're more than, you know, two kids that aren't camera shy. So so basically it does take more than just like being doing what they're doing. So they have to um, be able to monetize that. They have to build a following. They have to kind of understand the way the YouTube algorithm works, which is really kind of difficult to understand. I don't really understand it. They have to get brands who are willing to sponsor them and endorse them. They have to have fans that are loyal enough to go buy their merch, as as Abe and I would say. Um, and, and they have to really kind of strategize about when do I post my videos? How often do I post my videos? Um, which games should I post about? What, what works and what doesn't? There is a lot of kind of analytical thinking that goes into this. And on top of that, they have to keep evolving for 2020, especially now that 
YouTube is going to start enforcing stricter rules for YouTube videos that are targeting kids. Um, Can you give us a little more insight into that? So um, this year in 2020, YouTube is going to start really enforcing um, what is called the COPA rule, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Um, This rule has been in effect, but YouTube was violating it. They uh, settled with the FTC and they're really going to start enforcing it this year. That means no targeted ad for kids' contents. That means that pre-roll advertisement, you can charge a lot more if that is targeted to somebody who, say, loves Legos and it's a Lego ad or someone who lives in Florida and it's a Disney World ad. So you can really, that's going to really reduce the amount of money kids are making. And also, it's been rumored that it's not going to be as easy to find these videos in search functions uh, any longer. They're not going to pop up at the top. They might not appear in the next play next kind of stream, which is how a lot of these kids get discovered and how a lot of kids watch YouTube. So that is really going to affect their earnings. Um, But the smarter YouTubers or their parents are really starting to think about that. And that's where these other deals come in, right? You have Ryan doing his Walmart deal, his Oral-B sponsorship, Nickelodeon. Uh, the YouTubers looking ahead for the future are looking for new revenue streams like those. That's interesting. I think it's time for segments. It is. Are you ready, Mads? Yes, I cannot wait. My All favorite right. part. <laughs> where we're going, we don't need roads. It's the Wayback Machine. I dove into the archive and I found our very first uh, story about YouTube. It is from March 13th, 2006. I will just read you the deck of the magazine story. Uh, YouTube.com shares 20,000 video clips a day with millions of web surfers. And those numbers already seem tiny compared to what... I'm sure it's millions of videos a day and billions of web surfers, if not billions and billions. The the language in the story is just, it's it's, it's a little bit of a time capsule. Uh, A a boundless and voyeuristic appetite for amateur videos has lit up one of the hottest websites of 2006, (laughs) YouTube.com. Spoofs and spankings, pranks and pratfalls, faded concert footage. Visitors post 20,000 videos each day. Um, some of that hasn't changed. There are still spoofs and spanking. And, spanking. <laughs> and it's, it's still um, voyeuristic. It's still voyeuristic. This has definitely changed the grainy home videos on YouTube. And that's how we that's how the story is describing um, I mean, the content. Now it's all. super professional. Um the the two guys who founded uh two two guys who founded it, uh Steve Chan and Chad Hurley, are described in this as two tech pups. Um, no. now, they're, now they're probably dogs. <laughs> and, they're full dogs. Yeah, now. And, and now they're now they're killers. Um, and you know, I will say the story was pretty early. The following October, uh, YouTube is bought by Google for I think one point five billion. And uh, I looked before we all sat down. There's a one f- number floating around out there now that YouTube is worth forty billion dollars. I was about to say that's a really good price. Yeah, um, I would say Google paid off well, even if our even if the writing of the story doesn't age as quite as well as Google's <laughs> investment. All right, I want to do the Kylie calculation. This is our segment where we talk about how self-made are the people on the list. And I'm really curious about this because, especially as it relates to the kids, it seems like the parents are taking a huge role. The kids are the face of it, but behind the scenes, the parents are stage momming and stage dadding and getting agents involved. So, like, how self-sufficient are some of these YouTubers? Yeah, I mean, it's also just, like, really problematic when you think of it for the kids in terms of, like, most of their money is um, being kept away, or so they say, in Hollywood child actors have something called a Coogan account, which means a certain percentage of their earnings have to be put away. It's mandated. Um, 
The YouTubers don't have that rule yet. So oh, it's wow. kind of a free for all. I did not know that. Um, most of these parents say that they're putting, saving the money for the kids. Maybe they're living off of it, but you know, the bulk of the extra is being saved. It's, you don't wow. really know. And so it's a, you really also don't know how, because these kids are kind of the first generation, how it will affect them as they grow up, as they become teenagers, um, as they even go to middle school. Like, wh- what will this fame do to them? I think that's a big question. So, you know, they really are, maybe they started to, maybe, you know, most of the time they're not scripted. They're not following what their parents want them to do. They're just playing or whatever in front of the camera. In that sense, they are self-made. It's a very natural kind of video style in the same sense they're not the ones going to meetings and signing deals and um deciding that they want to make pillowcases instead of going to play on the playground so the kids are a little less self-made but what has always amazed me about a lot of these guys and girls are are that they are doing this from scratch right yes so most i mean everybody Everybody on the list, even the kids who's, I mean, not the kids, their parents were filming them, but really everybody else started out with a camera and, or like a, uh, a phone and, and their imagination. And I think that's actually one really cool part about YouTube. And I think that is one reason that fans can connect to these people so much is they are very much normal people. Um, they are not groomed for this. They are just documenting their lives or their right. gaming and, and when ryan accidentally breaks his lego playhouse it's uh it's not scripted or maybe at least we don't think so i don't think so. i uh. wouldn't be so sure it's not scripted <laughs> maddie thank you so much for joining us when you have your youtube channel and madcap maddie is up and running i would love it if we were guests on on your show do you promise i, pr- I promise my first guest oh thank you thank you maddie thank you for having me We're not done quite yet. We have one more thing to do. I'm not saying it. It's last but not least, where we give a little love to the other lists around the internet. Maggie, what list do you have to share with me today? So I was inspired by our young friend Ryan and his toy obsession and toy unboxing. And I got curious about what are the most successful children's toys? So I did some Googling and Insider.com did the most iconic toys from every year of your childhood. (laughs) Um, And they went all the way back with the help of um, the National Toy Hall of Fame. So authorities on the subject. Uh, They start in 1965. The toy of the year was G.I. Joe figurine. (laughs) Zoom ahead to 1969. Snoopy astronaut. That was also that makes sense given the moon landing. All right. I'm skipping ahead to 1980, the Rubik's Cube. Okay. I've never solved one. Have you? I've not, but my brother can do one in about two minutes. So shout out to Dugan. Jesus Christ, Dugan, stop being intelligent. Don't stop being intelligent, Dugan. (laughs) Uh, My personal favorite, 1985, Teddy Ruxpin. Did you have... I did not have a Teddy. (gasps) I loved his... Okay. For those who don't know, he's a little... 1985? You weren't even born in 85. Yes, but my parents were alive and I think inspired by my cousin's toys. It's so a little they're just like stockpiling Ruxpins? I think he was still popular in 1991 when I was two. Anyway, he's a bear where the eyes moved and you could put a cassette player into his back and he would tell you a story. It's a toy. It's a book. It's the perfect Maggie toy. Oh, good Lord. I could keep going, but really it doesn't get any better than Teddy Ruxpin. Th- what do you think is the Abe toy on that list? The Abe toy? Yes. Oh, God. I mean, in the 90s, it gets into all video games, which I don't No, think you know I'm not you. a gamer. You're not a gamer. Um, my Little Pony. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs>
Uh, for the record, I was a G.I. Joe fan even in the 90s. There's nothing wrong with My Little Pony for Boys, though. This is, the, this is the 21st century. Indeed. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listed. And thanks very much for our first repeat guest and future bubble wrap battle world champion, Maddie Berg. One more Listed appearance, and she gets access to our very secret, very exclusive VIP podcasting green room. Just some housekeeping. We will be putting links of the Forbes YouTube coverage in our show notes. And so please check out those links to learn more. You can also see the last but not least links in that section as well. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. That's how we rise on the list and we want to be number one. I'm your co-host, Maggie McGrath, editor of Forbes Women. I'm your other co-host, I'm Abe Brown. I'm the senior editor of Forbes. Listed as a spoke media production. Kieran Meadows records with us in studio and joining me also here is Bruce Goldberg, our producer. Our theme song is composed and performed by Will Short. Our production team is Caroline Hamilton, Jonathan Villalobos, and Will Short of Spoke Media. And these dudes may not be perfect, but they're pretty close. So thank you to Travis Collins, Kyle Kramer, Randall Lane, and Dario Florotan here at Forbes. Bye. See you next week. Show and tell time. Another teddy bear. My teddy's name is Teddy the He talks. He tells stories. He... Four bachelors not included. Hi, my name is Teddy Ruxpin. Can you and I be friends? Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people. I would like... Teddy Ruxpin, the storytelling bear, comes with illustrated book and cassette from Worlds of Wonder.